welcome to the Bearing Podcast post game show. Joining you today is just me, Ryan, for this post game look at the latest edition of the Bavarian Derby between FC Augsburg and FC Bayern Munich. Now, bit of an interesting one. This I feel like we kind of have to jump directly into the game because it's a very eventful one. Um, I do apologize if at any point my voice seems to taper or grunt. I'm currently um, uh, I don't know how to put this, but I'm I'm currently basically on bed rest. I tore ligaments in my ankle, um, so it's I'm not exactly pain free. But um, anyway, this is all irrelevant. Um, so yeah, you might hear a few uh, grunts of movement or whatever. That's just me trying to readjust the ankle because I'm in pain. Um, anyway, uh, so this game was very interestingly poised because if you look at, say, the possession statistics or whatever, it looks like it was a dominant Bayern Munich game, but it really wasn't because despite the fact that Bayern had the ball for, I think, 58-59% of the game, we had less shots than Augsburg, and they had far fewer shots on target than Augsburg, and that says a lot. Now, of course, um, the injury list for Bayern Munich is quite a lot more extensive than FC Augsburg. We have, of course, Minje Kim, Serge Gnabry, Conrad Leimer, Joshua Kimmich, Nusair Mazraoui, and Dai Upamecano, who probably would have gotten some sort of minutes today, all of whom were unavailable through either being at AFCON or um, the Asian Cup or... Uh, just straight up injury, but the lineups today, the lineup today looked decent, honestly. Um, Bayern started in their standard 4-2-3-1 with Manuel Neuer in goal, Afonso Davies on the left, Eric Dyer and Matthijs Delic through the center, and Rafael Guerrero at right back. The midfield up pivot was as expected, Leon Goretzka and Alexander Pavlovich, and the attacking quartet was also unchanged from last week, I believe. It was Kingsley Coman, Jamal Musiala, Leroy Zane, and Harry Kane. However, this lineup just, I, do, I don't, the, the kind of system that we played up against Augsburg, who set up in a 4-3-1-2, it just didn't seem to work. Um, Augsburg, of course, lined up with Finn Dahmen and goal, who's been a revelation for them um, post Rafael Gikiewicz. Uh, Iago at left-back, Felix Uduokai, uh, Jeffrey Rowiliu, and Kevin Mbabu at right-back, who I had genuinely forgot and come to Augsburg. He's had a couple of very good spells for young boys in Switzerland, and more recently for Valsburg in Germany. Of course, their midfield three was Elvik Rexbischai, uh, Christian Jakic, a new signing from Eintracht Frankfurt, Frederick Jensen, and uh, Ruben Vargas kind of playing as a, a shuffling attacking midfielder. He seemed to favor going out wide, but he didn't really have a set side. And of course, the striker duo of Filip Tietz and Ermedin Demirovic. I just don't understand the kind of structures that we're playing because it, well, off the ball, first of all, the team looked like it was playing a 5-2-3 off the ball with Kingsley Coman tucking in as a left wing back. And I I don't even know what to say. I mean, we've jokingly talked about Tuchel putting the wingers as wing backs because it's the, it's the conservative and backwards thing to do. But he unironically has done this for the last couple of games where Kingsley Coman plays essentially a fifth defender off the ball and it leaves him completely unable to track with the attacks when the ball comes forward and honestly it just looks like this is to cover up for Afonso Davies who had a poor game today he did score um more surprising than the fact that he scored is the fact that he used his right foot but he did score today but outside of that one moment of the goal 
He was poor today. Multiple 1v1s that he missed. He was positionally all over the place. Um, it was actually his positioning that cost us the first Augsburg goal, the one that came from open play. And it just seems like Coman tracking back is to cover for Davies. And we sh- should not be having to do these kinds of things. You have Rafael Guerrero who can play left back and has shown that he's more than solid at left back. Just play him there. You don't need to appease Alfonso Davies here. I mean, maybe you do because of the contract situation, but would you really want to sacrifice this much for the contract of a player who does not seem to be growing at all? Just play Adam Aznu at right back or something and play Guerrero at left back because Guerrero was fantastic last game from left back. He scored the winning goal or the only goal of the match, I guess. Like, there's so many breaks in the build-up patterns that just don't make sense because Alfonso Davies makes so many mistakes. He is a liability in build-up. I'm sorry to say, he might be good at defending against counters with his pace, and he might be good for a moment or two in attack, but for most of the game, he is just out of it. He's a liability in build-up. He doesn't make the right decisions. He's sloppy in his 1v1s, whether he's on the ball or whether he's defending. It's just nothing seems to line up for him. And Eric Dyer and Matthijs did actually put in a shift today. I have to say, they were both very good. Um, earlier on in the game, it was Eric Dyer who was... Um, Controlling the defense, sort of, like, directing players around. But later on, Matthijs Zelik came into the game and he sort of, he took over the responsibility. And when that happened, that's when the defensive structure seemed to be more solid. Even though we did concede goals, I will say. The the first goal was down to Alfonso Davies not pressing the cross and also not marking a man. You could see there was a player, I believe it was uh, Ruben Vargas, who was with Alfonso Davies. And then Vargas just runs, runs off into the box. And that leaves Eric Dyer having to mark both Ruben Vargas and Ermedin Demirovic. And Davies doesn't look back, so he doesn't check that his the, his target man is gone. And he doesn't press the cross either, which lets the crosser put in a, a free cross. That is extremely poor play from him. And that cost us that goal here today. But the right side was far better. Uh, Leroy Zane was dangerous. He got a little heated towards the end, a bit of an unnecessary foul, but he was still fantastic today. He was dangerous as ever. I will say there was one moment where I think he should have passed it to Kane and he took a shot on, on the break. That one mistake aside, and the, the cynical yellow card aside, he had a very solid game today. Rafael Guerrero was very good today from right back. Probably our best defender today, just in terms of overall performance. He was very good in build-up. He knew where to be. Um, he was on, not on his favorite side. He's a very left-footed player. Not as left-footed, not as one-footed as Alfonso Davies, but he's still a very one-footed player. So to see him play right back, a position that he really shouldn't be ha- having to play and still performing very well is amazing. And part of the performance came from my personal man of the match, Alexander Pavlovich. Alexander Pavlovich was fantastic today. The way he manipulated structures by just delaying the pass by half a second, the way he kept the tempo of the game going by not just playing sideways, but sometimes taking players on directly. The way he always made himself uh, an option for the defenders. There were times where he would link up in a triangle with Goretzka and Davies. The ball would switch to Guerrero. And who's the first option that Guerrero sees? It's Pavlovich, 10 yards in front of him. Already having basically flew, like glided across the pitch without anyone noticing him. And he's already there to receive from Guerrero and start the attack again. That kind of tempo setting, demanding the ball, and not just wanting to move sideways with it, that's the kind of number six we need. And Pavlovich put in that kind of performance today. It genuinely reminded me of a younger Sergio Busquets. Um, For the unfamiliar, Sergio Busquets also came onto the scene around 
the age of 18, 19, I believe it was, um, back in 2006, 2007-ish. I think he was 19 back then. And Pavlovich is the very same age. And he's playing very much like a young Sergio Busquets. So I'm so excited to see how he continues. But this was an amazing performance from him. He's my man of the match. He's the reason we got anything done today. But moving on to the attacking duo of Jamal Musiala and Harry Kane. Musiala seems to have everything down except for that little bit of the end. He did manage to... I mean... It wasn't his assist, but he did manage to basically tear through the Augsburg defense prior to Harry Kane's goal. And I would say his movement was the one that dragged players out of position for Afonso Davies' goal. But when he's on the ball, he seems to be so good for the first three seconds where he's beating players. But then it comes time to make a decision on what to do with the ball, and he just doesn't seem to know what to do. And that's costing us big time. If he can start making those decisions quicker... If it can be sharper with those decisions, we could definitely get a lot more done. But it's there's just a little bit of spice missing. That little bit of finishing touch. But speaking of finishing touch, Harry Kane today. I mean, I don't even... He did his job. Like, what was asked of him, he did it fantastically. He tracked back. He did well on set pieces, defending set pieces, attacking set pieces. He got a half chance to... Well, no, not a half chance. But he got a chance to score and he buried it. But this is not how we play with Harry Kane, lads. I I have many problems with Thomas Tuchel. And one of my main problems is the fact that he does not know how to use Harry Kane at all. Kane is getting the numbers. But it's not because Tuchel knows what to do with him. It's because Kane knows what to do when he's in positions that he shouldn't be in realistically. But the squad looked more cohesive today. Mostly because Augsburg tended at times to have the ball for extended spells. And... Thomas Tuchel wants to set this team up to just be really deep, to sit deep and block out those chances when they're coming in to just sort of be able to sit back and hit on the break. And that's, it's not what Bayern is about. It works sometimes. It worked today. It worked against Stuttgart a few weeks ago, or I think it was in December actually now. But I just, it doesn't make sense at all for Bayern Munich to play like that. And you can see it because... The players who demand the ball and are more comfortable in possession than on the break are the ones who are struggling. You look at players like Dayupo Mekano, Matthias Delict, um, Nusser Mazrawi, Thomas Muller, all these players who are better, and Joshua Kimmich as well, all these players who are better when the ball is with them and they're comfortable on the ball than when they're having to hit on the break. It just It's so clear that Tuchel wants this team to be very different. And you can see the type of players we're targeting in the transfer market as well. You look at João Paulinha, Eric Dyer, even Harry Kane, Nordi Mukiele. These are all players who are off the ball for the majority of the game. And either they're meant to just be defensive, defensively strong and hold off wave after wave of attack. Or they're meant to be able to just hit players on the break. Right, we see that with um, Harry Kane and Nordi Mukiela, and we see the defensive resilience with players like Eric Dyer and João Paulinha. They're used to sort of not having the ball for most of the game, but that's just not how Bayern Munich function. And there is a fundamental uh, ravine or cavity and gulf in difference in footballing philosophy, and that's why players like Matthias Delict and Nusay Malgavi who have been some of the most solid and consistent performers for Bayern Munich for the last couple of years, they're struggling for game time under Tuchel because they just don't fit his playstyle. And honestly, I'd rather lose Tuchel than lose Delict and Mazgawi. And especially Delict. If for me it has to come down between 
Delict and Tuchel. I'm choosing Delict without skipping a beat. Maybe that's because of my personal bias. Uh, Matthijs Delict has been one of my favorite players to watch for years. And when he came to Bayern, it was a dream come true for me, watching one of my favorite players play for the team that I support. But he's a generational player. There are very few times that you can say that Bayern Munich have their best of, their best player as a centre-back and it not be insulting to everyone else on the pitch. But it was true in the last couple of months of the season. Matthijs Delict was by far the most consistent performer and the best performer for Bayern Munich in those last few months. And to have him be on the sidelines and only really playing because both Upamecano and Minjay Kim were unavailable, that hurts. And it probably hurts Delict too. And he has every right to not be happy with the situation because he's proven time and time again he is the guy to lead the defense. But Tuchel doesn't trust him because he doesn't fit the play style. So what now then? Do we do we let Tuchel completely change the philosophy of the entire squad, knowing that he's not the type of manager to stick around for five or six years or even longer? Or do we go with the players we have that have a decade left in them and trust them and give them a coach that fits their play style? Because this entire squad was built around the play styles of Nagelsmann and Flick and Niko Kovac, of course. All of these, well, not Kovac as much as Flick and Nagelsmann, but these guys demand the ball. They demand quick movements, automatisms. They're all very smart players. So when you give them a coach like Thomas Tuchel, who has a very different coaching style, obviously it's not going to work. So what happens then? Honestly, if it was up to me, I've been Tuchel out for a very long time. I, of course, did those analysis articles where I sort of backtracked on my comments about Tuchel, but it was more from a statistical standpoint and just looking at the way he's adapted the squad rather than what I was saying previously, which is that he has no clue. Tuchel does have a clue, but unfortunately, the way he wants to go about it is completely antipodal to what Bayern Munich are about and what the players are about. So for me, I'm back to Tuchel out. I want him gone probably at the end of the season because we've already committed the transfer window to him. So I don't think any other manager would get better performances out of someone like Eric Dyer or even Sasha. Actually, Sasha Bowie, I could see him flourishing under someone else. But definitely someone like Eric Dyer or someone like Conrad Leimer, even Rafael Guerrero. These are players who excel under Tuchel. So I would say you give him until the end of the season. And if things continue the way they are and Tuchel does not adapt, I'm sorry, but it's it's time to go for him. But yeah, Bayern Munich are very precariously placed now in the Bundesliga. As of recording this, Bayer Leverkusen have not yet played their game. I believe they play uh, Gladbach, and we are already a point behind and they have a game in hand, which is very worrying. Although it is to be said that we are doing better on points than we have in previous seasons. It just so happens that we're doing it in a season where there's another team in Germany that just happens to be the best team in the world right now. So I can't complain too much about the points total, but the playing style is drab and uninspired, and it is not Bayern at all. And it it hurts me because, I mean, I can't play football for a year, and now I have to watch my favorite team go through this kind of rough patch, and uh, it just does not... it's, it's, It's a sad situation. But the only way up from this is to improve upon the tactics, really. I mean, the the only way from here is up. So I'm hoping that either Tuchel understands that this is not what he's supposed to do or that the board figures out that this is 
not the right way to go about things and they end up letting Tuchel go. Uh, I hope Max Eberl can slap some sense to the board because Eberl is renowned for his um, ability to spot coaches with the correct playing style and I'm sure he's already noticed that Tuchel's playing style does not does not correlate with the squad at all. There's no chemistry there. There just seems to be a big fracture between the tactics and the players. And yeah, um, I'm hoping that when Eberl gets signed in April, he makes some changes around here because... This is not working. Well, yeah, that's about it for this episode of the Bavarian Podcast Post Game Show. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope that Bayern Munich build on this win at least. It wasn't a very clean win at all, but it was a win, and we can definitely do better. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at BavarianFPWorks, and make sure to check out our site for all of the post-match content that we're going to be posting. We, of course, have observations, match awards, and so much more, such as reacts from the players. Um, hopefully looking out for a react on Kingsley Coman's injury, praying that it isn't anything too serious because we will definitely need him for the tail end of the season where the games get tougher and tougher and they get more and more frequent. And you can check out our individual accounts as well at uh, Tom Adams. You can find Tom Adams at TommyAdams71. You can find Chuck Smith at The Barrel Blog. And you can find I Need No Name at PFWYNNN. Good night, boys.